Okay, welcome to another VRL USA podcast. This is Alan. I'm joined by Zach in Eastern North Carolina. How are you this evening? I'm doing all right. Hanging in here. Hanging in here. Can't ask for more. And we've got and we've got Siddharth, the Northern Virginia area. Um, good evening, Sid. How are you doing? Good evening. Hope hope all of our listeners are. Staying safe wherever you are around the world, because uh, it's not it's not a one country or the other problem. And if it hasn't gotten to where you live, it probably will. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. Um, so I'm going to let Sid actually run this podcast because he, as he commented, um, tends to be a bit of a I don't know if I would say contrarian, but you tend to come at things from a different point of view. And which is great. And so you wanted to sort of follow up on our last last where we talked about Kalea and Burial styles and all this stuff. So I'm going to give it to Sid to take it away. Yeah. And and if you ask my wife, I think contrarian would be a nice way of putting it out. (laughs) So I think you could say that. Um, But but yeah. So so following on, obviously we. Unfortunately, have not had any matches to fill the time since the last podcast that you all did. And certainly, if you had had any way of knowing uh, what kind of what your last match would be before an indefinite break, certainly losing to probably the the least talented team in the league at home uh, would not have been the way you wanted to go into an extended absence. Um, but just following on a couple of things that you guys had discussed, I, I was curious because we talk so much about the halcyon days with Pellegrini or even with Marcelino. We talk about playing styles and things. I, I suppose I'm curious if you took the manager side, and, and maybe Zach, you can start, with the personnel that this team has, what is the best formation to be playing to best utilize that that personnel group? Uh, it'd be a whole lot easier if we had a real six, which we don't. Um, but I think the, the, the best case scenario right now would be to play a true front two uh, with uh, Paco and Gerard. Um Put Abora in the six, um, and then, um, run either, right, and then run, uh, Zambo and, uh, Trigueros up above Abora and Santi kind of in a free roll behind the top two. That's what I would do personally. It'd come out a little narrow, but I, I don't think we're really chewing people up on the wings anyway, so why not? So a narrow 442. Basically, yeah. Okay. The the artist in me likes to call it a four three one two, but but sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Alan, what's your thought? Uh, you know, I I tend to go more for a four three three because I tend to like Gerard out on the on the wing a little more. I feel like he's more effective there. Um, but I'm not, I'm not totally convinced to tell you the truth. I almost wonder if, 
if doing something like a 4-3-2-1 with Paco as the one and Gerard and, um, say, Santi behind him would be a way to go. I, the thing that's bothered me since since Paco arrived is the way we've the way we've set up. He has seen very little of the ball, and that that to me is one big that's one big problem. The second one is, as Zach said, the fact that we don't really have that Rodri replacement. You know, that's that's a problem. Um, so I guess I would say maybe as a, maybe a four three two one something like that. Do you do you do you think, Alan, that Santi actually fits as a wide player in that formation? I think I think he'll drift. I think he'll drift. But you know, so I mean, whatever. Because formation- we've we've talked about a little bit that you know, like like Zach was calling it. If you want to say the four three one two, yeah, sort of that enganche role has been what we've always thought whether it's behind a single striker or two strikers that's sort of what we we all have thought that Santi Santi's best place is that's true i i think he would tend to drift in anyway um i think whatever position my sense is whatever whatever formation we line up in there's a lot of overlap in the in the midfield roles anyway i think the most important thing is in terms of Attacking, how many, you know, what role are we asking, for example, Gerard to, to have? And what role are we asking, whether it's Moy or, or, um, probably, you know, Moy or, um, Trigueros or whoever, what are we asking them to do? And it feels to me like, you know, the 4-3-3 type setup is asking them to basically be wide players. The, um, the Zach's, you know, sort of narrow four four two, which I don't mind either. I think it has. I think that makes a lot of sense. Is is asking um, Gerard to play sort of with Paco and and essentially have two strikers. Um, I'm thinking that I think where I'm coming from is in the past, admittedly with the different personnel. It's been boring at times, but we've tended to do very well when we went to a solo striker. Um, remember how Baca had had a really good run of success um, when Escriba had, you know, had good success with us. That's sort of the way he was playing, I think. So I think that's the only that's that's why I kind of have a bit of a preference for that. So it's interesting, and I would note that one thing we haven't mentioned is the 4-4-2 we've been playing <laughs> basically <laughs> the entire season. Um, so, so, so that was one thing I noted for what you guys were talking about, that it does seem like, and, and I tend to agree with you, there's a mismatch between the personnel we have and the formation we've been playing. The, the other question that was, that, that came to mind was, if you asked, say, with Marcelino, what is the score line that this team is looking to play for? You had a pretty good idea, I would say. I think you could say pretty safely, away from home, we were pretty consistently playing for 1-1. And I think at home, 
we were pretty consistently playing for one nil. There weren't a lot of three nils. There weren't a lot of sort of very convincing victories. If we won away from home, it's because we didn't concede. It wasn't because we scored multiple goals most of the time. And I think with Pellegrini, you you probably had something more like, say, 2-1 as being the kind of thing that was maybe a little bit more open. We we knew we had you know enough quality that we would take advantage of some of our chances. So, Alan, I go to you. If you are looking at this team under Kaeha, what is the scoreline they are playing for to start out a game? Sort of independent, of course, of, of the opponent, where you're not expecting to beat Madrid in the same way you are to beat yeah. Espanol or Leganes well, or Celta or any of the other teams we've lost to at home this season. Which is really the point. I mean, I think we're I think we're set up away. I think we're really trying for one-one, but I think at home it feels to me like we're trying for two-nil. And we're not getting two, and we're not getting nil. <laughs> but it it really feels to me like that's how we're approaching the game at home. I mean, does that sound crazy? Yeah, and 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 the concern on you on the two nil is we're not scoring two, or we're always conceding, or both. The concern okay. I have is that what we seem to be doing is we we seem to be creating. We seem to, in the first half, we seem to create chances. Maybe we score once, maybe we don't. But we, you know, we go in at the break with sort of a good feeling about how things are going. And then in the second half, probably in the first 15 minutes of the second half, we concede a goal. And so either at that point we're behind, we're 1-1 or whatever. But it doesn't seem, it, it seems like the setup is to, is to, get ahead and score a couple of goals, but we just don't seem to do that. I mean, I'm not quite sure why or, you know, what what is going on, but it doesn't seem that once we are able to take that lead, it doesn't seem like we're able to sort of change to a more defensive mindset and say, okay, wait a minute, we can win this 1-0. <laughs> it feels like we're still trying to um, play the same way we played, which is more open and more offensive. And that would be great if we were scoring. I mean, if, if we were, if we went into the half two or three up, great, but we're not. And, and would you say also that, that one of the issues tend to be that when we fall behind, we don't seem to have a way back into games? Meaning that to get to your 2-0, if we concede, we find it very hard to seem to be able to come back. It seems that way, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. Zach, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, so I think a lot of what happens, um, and I think we've talked about this a couple different places, but Based on where Kaleha likes to pressure, which is right there just inside midfield, um, that, as we've said before, if, if that gets circumvented, if that first line there in the 4-4-2 gets circumvented, especially when we had all those injuries that we had in the back line 
earlier in the season, we were really, really susceptible to giving up goals defensively. And the other thing was when we didn't create, when we didn't recover the ball at midfield, then we really didn't have a good way of creating shots. So a lot of our goals end up being those like, you know, incredible finishes just outside the box or at tough angles that if you look at them from an expected goals perspective, uh, are not very likely to go in. And we're either getting a couple of those in match or we're just not scoring. And so, so to me, uh, it, to me, it's almost hard to figure out what kind of you know, what, what kind of result, quote unquote, we're playing for, because it just seems to me like there's no plan for getting good, efficient shots on offense. And there's no backup plan when we don't make, you know, make that initial stop near midfield on defense. Yeah, I think the, the thing that I would say about that is that where we have, when we've you go back to Marcelino, I mean, you think about the way he set up the team. It wasn't just setting up for, for one nil or, or at home. It was a counterattacking one nil, right? I think the, the problem that we have is that we, when I think of our, some of our best games this season, they've actually come, most of those goals have come from what I would say are counterattacks where we break up the play in midfield and and go forward and, and quickly create something. It doesn't feel to me it feels like teams have figured out that if they sort of sit back and look for opportunities to counterattack us, that's going to be more successful. I agree. So I I would take from that conversation as well, we don't exactly know what result we're looking for. So I don't think Kaleha knows either. Yep. 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 And and so I, I think you know one one of the things that I have noted um watching this team and is it looks like we have an eleven who sort of follow the plot and then the first sub comes on and you wonder sort of were they in training the whole week watching what everybody else was doing? Because it seems like it's just such a sort of discombobulated, um, you know, when substitutes are brought on, they really just don't seem to be following what we've been doing the prior 60 or 70 minutes. Well, part of that, though, is that we don't have very many like-for-like substitutes. I mean, if you bring on... Chiquese for Gerard. I mean, you've got two completely different players there, so he's not going to fit what the team's been doing. Or if you bring on uh, Zambo for Trigueros, I mean, they're, they're completely different players, so you don't really have – you're not going to have the continuity because you just fundamentally change the makeup of the side. Yeah, it almost feels – I mean, I think one of the things that until recently anyway – People in the game threads were commenting about Kaleha was that he seemed to be reading the game pretty well during the middle of the, of the game and making the substitutions that made sense. And I wonder if now that's not happening so much because as I was, as I was saying, I think maybe people have sort of gotten wise to us because the first, you know, if you go back the first 10, 12 games of the season, 
you know, you could, you could figure, okay, well, we're going to put Chukwueze in at the 60th minute for somebody and that's going to create some sort of opportunity for him or somebody else because he's such a different player. And now it's like people have figured out that, okay, well, this is what we do when Chuck Weasley comes on. I, I mean, you know, you punch the button for, um, for, uh, Ontiveros and you got somebody who's going to, you know, take a bunch of shots and, and everything, but he's not going to work well with anybody else particularly. And that seems to be, I think teams have figured us out because we've basically been playing except for injuries with the same 11 the whole year and bringing on the same three as substitutes. So, other, other so dumb, you know, yeah, well, well, yeah. and this tied in, tied into another thing that, uh, I think Zach in particular was talking about and sort of use of the Cantera and, you know, do we have a natural player, for example, who fits into that Bruno and Rodri mold? Um, so there were two things I, I wanted to note and just, just see what you guys thought. You know, I think one, I think Zach, you made a very good point that one of the things where we've seen center backs get exposed, it, part of that is this difference in system. And I think you both will recall, for example, somebody who came in somewhat new and particularly new to, say, European football, Gabriel. When he came over, his first sort of three to six months was just sort of gaff after gaff that he committed. And all of them looked really horrible because, you know, he'd just be hacking somebody down in the box and look like, okay, you've never, you never played before. Um, but again, it was adjusting to this sort of very different, you know, you need to maintain a high line as a center back here. Um, but as you noted that, that we were able to sort of mitigate some of those issues by having a, a strong pivot in front of that to be able to maybe blunt some of the having guys running at you as a center back in situations where you can look stupid. Um, but the other thing I was going to note that I think is, is correlated is you, you all talked again about the lack of a Bruno Rodri Senna now. Um, one is like you had mentioned about Casa, uh, or had, had mentioned that we don't sort of have a replacement. You know, I would note that, you know, Morlanes probably was the guy that we would have been looking at, though a different player, but just in terms of filling the position. And not only was he brought up, meaning that if I'm not mistaken, he has a number inside of 25, so he's no longer eligible to play for the B team. Um, but not loaned out to a Segunda, um, and he's just not playing. He's not making the squad most matches. Uh, um, but then also you have the Caceres situation, which, again, you know, he definitely ran hot and cold, um, but he was a player who was brought in very specifically to fill this role. Um, but but the other thing I want to note is, as well on, on systems is, you know, one of the things we really got on Bruno about, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, in the Liverpool match uh, at Anfield, I think the second goal came because of one of these situations. He got caught out a lot with the ball. 
and in really bad and exposed situations where if he lost the ball there, it meant that there was a very good chance coming for the opponent. And that was something we sort of relied on our pivot players to be able to make that timely and quick decision rather than risking losing the ball there. And so I wonder if some of the sort of change of what we've done is also related to if you don't have that guy that you trust in that situation, you play a little bit differently and you don't put somebody who you don't trust as much uh, in that kind of exposed situation. So I know that was a bunch of things to chew on, but Zach was just curious about sort of how that you see that role of the pivot and the center well, backs has evolved. So I, I completely agree that if you – if you don't like when, when you get a six, that's the style of a Rodri or a Bruno. Like there, there's a certain amount of trust you have to have there because you're asking them to play the ball a lot. But I, I don't. So if we if we couldn't find that guy that fit that role, and instead we got someone who is just a freakish destroyer that covered a ton of ground and covered the center backs and. When he got the ball, he immediately got it out of his feet to somebody else because he didn't want it. That's fine, but instead what we've done is we've taken Debora, who's not a defensive midfielder at all, and we've been like, hey, can you kind of sit back in this position? And when we don't have him there, we put in Zambo, whose first instinct, which should be his first instinct because he's good at it, is to take the ball and run with it which is fantastic, except when nobody's behind him, then he turns the ball over and we're in trouble again. So to me, it's not so much that we didn't get a particular style of defensive midfielder. It's that we don't really have one period in the first team right now that's even my league of quality, and, and that bothers me. Yeah, I I think that's my concern, too. I I, I totally agree with that, that we – we don't have anybody who it's it, it i think this is where we see the that feeling that we've all had all year that the team is is geared too much toward offense and not enough toward defense i think i think this is really where you see it because we don't have a person who can win the ball back consistently in midfield and then get rid of it you know, they don't have to do much of anything with it except distribute it to somebody else. But we don't have that. I mean, Bora is not a defensive midfielder at all. He's very, and he's very uncomfortable with the ball at his feet in midfield, it seems to me. Um, Ibora, um, Zombo is better at breaking up plays in the, in the other teams, you know, in, in our defensive third. He, he's very good at blocking shots and kind of getting in the way of passes and things like that. But as you say, he's not a, he's not a Pavot player. He's not somebody that, that you really can just count on to win the ball back quickly in midfield and, um, and not turn it over. I mean, I know players, I know it's a tough position to fill, but there are other teams that, that manage it and it just, it feels to me as though we we went for um, Caceres 
not really – I just don't understand why we ever thought he could do that role because he's not physically suited for it. And then, you know, he and then we end up giving up on him because that's not really the role he was ever cut out to play. And we have a Bora who isn't there either. So, you know, I'm I'm to me, that's the biggest that's the biggest hole in our in our um, in our team right now. And I think it flows through to everything. Do you, I also do you think that was a- out, though, I, I also want to point out, though, that when you're in, in the modern age of football, when you're a team of the resources that Villarreal has, unless you happen to unearth a gym that's going to be gone to a major club in two years, every single player on our roster is going to be fatally flawed in one way or another. Um, I, I know that's not exactly what we want to hear. But realistically speaking, unless you're one of like three or four clubs in the world, you're looking at a collection of players that are all deeply flawed in one way or another, or else they would be at one of those major clubs. So I think the goal then becomes when you're assembling a squad is you assemble guys that one can play all the positions, which that's part of the problem here. We don't have anyone that can play that defensive midfielder position. And two, you look for guys that kind of, cover each other's cracks and we don't really have and so part of the problem this year is we haven't had the pivot as you guys you know to use the term you guys seem to prefer that that can actually cover for the deficiencies we've had at center back all year and that's caused a lot of the issues yeah that, that makes that makes sense can i can i suggest we pause for just a second and then we'll and then we'll pick up because i want to I want, I want to know what Sid thinks about formation and all this stuff he's been asking us. I want his prescription. All so, right. All right. So we'll be back in just a minute. Okay. So Sid, take it away. <laughs> well, I, I had one, one more that I was going to say. I, I will disagree a bit with Zach that the squad has sort of fatal flaws. I mean, if you looked at this bunch, right, I think you'd say any team in the world would take Gerard, Paco, Santi, Al, Asenjo, without question in their squad, if not in a starting 11. Half our team. I think Zambo's a very good player. I think is a very good player. So I think I think sort of I, I agree with you in the in the broad, broader sort of modern football concept. This team is you know as talented as any team we've had since oh, we've been I in the think, Primera. I think we're like one of the four or five most talented teams in in, in La Liga. I really do. Um, but I also, I, you know. I, just to use the superpowers that are in our own league, for example. I mean, we're really, really short of guys that would step on the field and start for Real Madrid or Barcelona. And these aren't even particularly good Real Madrid or Barcelona sides. And, and so that, that's just the point that I'm making. We're, we're, we're a talented team, but we also have players that are here, not there for a reason. Is basically the point I was making. Mm-hmm. I think I think that gap is less though this year than many years. Um, so so you know it's it's not 
it's not like, I mean, Barcelona is out on the market signing Martin Brathwaite. So, you know, to say they wouldn't take three of our attacking players in a heartbeat is, is not true. Um, they intentionally so, uh, got rid of one of them. In who? Sorry. In Paco. In Paco? Well, I mean, again, <laughs> you, we're, we're, we're saying that they make good personnel decisions, which we know not to be the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so we're also saying they're a good judge of talent, which we also know not to be the case. Well, but, but the, we've, but the point, okay, but the point is we can, we can say that I think Going back to the start of the season, which was even, you know, before we had Paco, so I mean, we, we have had some changes there. But, you know, going back to the start of the season, I think if you ask most people what they thought about our chances, we would all, most everybody thought, yeah, this is definitely a Europa League team, maybe even a Champions League team. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not there. And so, yeah. and so part of the reason I think is this whole problem with the, um, with the way that we seem to have structured the team, whether that's all Kaleha or whether it's the front office or the two, I don't know. But I think the fact that we seem to continually love to pick up attacking midfielders, but we don't seem to um, go for somebody who's more defensive-minded um, has really hurt us here. And then, of course, that with the, with the center-back injuries. Yeah, well, also a central attacking midfielder because we've abandoned the the concept of wingers as well. So yeah, right, right. Yeah, so so definitely, if you were asking what my thesis here, Alan, was, I think I think this sort of goes into the discussion we had at the beginning of the year of what if we don't make Europe again, and I think. There would be a concern at this point if you're looking at this manager, this sort of head of management, I would say this use of our squad mm-hmm. and our cantera. I think you're sort of at a place that you're saying, hmm, maybe I don't want to spend that much money in the next couple of years. Maybe this really is a time we need to sort of Re- rethink what we're doing because I, I don't I, to me I don't see things going in the right direction just as a as a broader sort of are you are you identifying talent well are you bringing up talent through the youth levels and actually promoting them and playing them in real matches to give them an opportunity to become a fixture in the team are you identifying what you need in the market and spending money where you should, right? We don't have a third center back, let alone a fourth one. We tried to play the fourth one in, in the Copa. Uh, only sure. Probably the most important match of the season, right? That was when we were going yeah. to bring him into the team. Yeah. But you sort of look at it and you're starting to question some of the stuff that we sort of said, boy, we – we think the club is well run. We think we, we do a good job bringing up you through the system. I'm just sort of wondering what, what your guys' take is, you know, put this season aside, but sort of where do you see the, the trajectory in, in one, two, three years based on what we're doing? 
Oh, well, I think if we don't, I think, I think if we don't, I mean, this year, of course, is so, is so bizarre, but let's, let's assume that the season picks up and finishes in some way and we end up not making Europe. Um, I think that's a real sign that changes need to be made. Um, because we're going to lose players who, um, who other teams who are in Europe can promise European games to. And the other thing is that it sort of builds on itself when you talk about bringing people up from the Cantera and giving them games to play and everything. Having, having European competition is important for that too, because it means your, your squad is rotating more in the league. And so you give those players that experience. We don't, if, if all we're doing is playing, um, is playing in the league and, and then playing the Copa, which doesn't even start until what, December or so. Um, right. And it's half as many games now. It's half as many games now. That really means that your opportunities to build your squad and give those players like, you know, Morlanis this year, for example, a chance that just isn't going to happen. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I think maybe if, if we don't make, if we don't make Europe, is it time to look at a different model and try and, and try and, uh, do something different? I'd say it's definitely a reason to look at, to look at how we've spent money over the last three or four years and, and, uh, really question that, I think. I, I think another thing though that's gonna end up happening, so realistically, I think what's gonna happen at the end of the season, whether we make Europe or not, is Kaleha's gonna go to the board and he's gonna be like, look, how can you fire me on the most bizarre season in the history of football since, you know, since World War II at least? Like, this was, you know, completely out of my hands season went sideways like this. And I think doing that, he's going to talk himself back into a job. And, and so what's going to happen is if this virus and this time away from football puts a, the financial strain on clubs that I think it's going to put on clubs, um, we're, we're not going to be able to afford, uh, Zambo's buyout clause. So he's going to be gone. Uh, Leon's only obligated to buy Toko Akambe from us if they make Europe, and right now they're outside of Europe, and there are like four or five teams that are right there within one point of each other in France. So who knows who's going to get that European slot? So we could find ourselves in a situation where we can't afford to bring Zombo in. We've got to figure out what the heck we're going to do with Toko Economy because he doesn't want to be here, but Leon doesn't, you know, purchase him. We've got the same, you know, lackadaisical manager that we got now, and we go in. In the next season, just kind of picking up pieces, odds and ends, and and essentially running it back. And I, I'm not optimistic about it, but I kind of think this is going to happen at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of afraid of that too. I think um, I think the thing that 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 scares me is that, and we've and we've talked about this on on the podcast and on game threads too, is that. We seem to be relying so much on Santi and he's, you know, he can't play forever. I mean, we're, we're kind of wasting two great years of his. Um, 
one just to survive in the Primera and the, and the other one, if it turns out that we don't make Europe, it's like, well, that, that was kind of a waste of a, of a great, uh, of another great season from him. And you don't know how many more of those are left. So I don't know. I mean, I would hope the, I, I think the, the thing I would hope would be that if the, that the board kind of would look at if we say we finish out of the European places is that the board just says that isn't acceptable um, because everybody else had to live through the same restrictions we did. And it's not like we've been in the European places at any point all year. I don't think we have. Yeah. And, and, and I go to something else and Alan, you and I have talked about this for years, but who, who have we promoted through the ranks this season? Everybody who, we thought might come up from the B team or might push or younger talent or I, I don't, I don't see anything you can point to and say, this was a success story of someone coming through, you know, Moy had to leave to come back. Um, we were hoping Kintia, he might play more. I, I think he got injured at some point, but mm-hmm. he's just been out of the squad now. Um, yeah, Moilana's kind of that way too. Um, Leo Suarez is, you know, picking his nose, not being in the 18. Um, then I think we finally, we finally sent him on loan. But, you know, Caceres, also a relatively young player, just seems also like the idea of, hey, we're going to bring people up and actually promote them. Um, and I know, Zach, you've said, you know, the sort of the, pressures of needing to compete for Europe uh, mean that it becomes difficult. But that's sort of like what somebody at Real Madrid would say. Uh, and, and I, you know, I think part of the way to lower your wage bill is to actually play those guys so that they can actually be useful in your, your squad. Mm. Um, you know, Chupuese's regress. I don't, I don't think we all have seen what we were hoping to see out of Ontiveros. So that that's my biggest sort of frustration, I would say, with the season, is you look at the guys who played well, and it's all the old guard. They're getting one year older. You yeah. haven't you haven't brought anybody through and the old guard's only more expensive next year. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean I think and the I think what somebody asked is probably Julian, but I think he was, I think, yeah, I think he may have asked is that it can, can we identify any players who have gotten better this year under Kaleha? And I think he was thinking particularly of the young players and I'm not seeing it. I mean, I'm not, Chukwese certainly has regressed. I, uh, I don't feel as though we have anybody, um, much that, that, uh, that we can say that about. I mean, Fer Nino came up for his 15 minutes of fame or whatever, but he's not, you know, he's back with the B team now. Um, I just, yeah, that, that's what really worries me is I don't, I don't see that we have a real, a real plan here. I hate to be so pessimistic, but I, but I'm, I'm kind of not seeing it. I, I will say that I think Fer Nino got sent back to the B team because one, the B team was trying to get promoted and um, it would help the entire club tremendously if they could get back to the Segunda. Um, mm. and, and two, because once we bought 
Paco and we couldn't really find a way to offload Baca, it was kind of like, well, it's bad enough that, you know, our third best striker is one of the highest paid players in the team. We can't just not play him, play him at all. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think the thing is, and I mean, I think this might, I, I don't know whether this plays to your point or not, Sid, but I, outside of, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at the B team roster right now and I, I, like nobody really jumps off the page and says, Oh, this guy needs to be getting first team minutes. Like I don't, I don't really see it. And, and so to me, you know, do we want to be bringing guys through? Yeah. But if they're not good enough, they're not good enough. And, and, and I'd say that while we've got a lot of guys that are very good to end to B players, we don't have a lot of guys that I'm looking at and saying, Wow, you know what? That guy's really going to be something in La Liga in, in next year or the year after. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree, uh, agree to disagree on that one because I think Morlanes has shown he's good enough to be a La Liga player. Leo Suarez, certainly, the way he played with Mallorca last season, he was one of their best players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, yeah, you had Fernino agreed. I wouldn't, wouldn't waste a, you may or may not make the 18 on keeping him up here. But that said, it's not really like Baca's playing either. So if you're only going to use two strikers, you know, maybe at some point we want, we want to bridge that over the course of time. Yeah. Um, but, but again, sort of, so, so I think this was, and, and if I'm thinking back, this was one of our biggest frustrations in the relegation year as well, is we were looking at the players who were sort of on the bench and not playing at all and not seeing that there were people moving up. You know, our, our third striker that year, I recall, was Marco Ruben, who was not as young as he was when he was coming up through the team. Um, I think Jose Lu came up at one point, but we signed a guy like Camunas, who was to be sort of the option off the bench. And again, to me, that's a signing you make if you're like, if you're going to be in the top four and you're pretty sure about it. And so you want to make sure you've sort of rounded your edges that if somebody goes down, you have somebody in there who's capable capable of playing a 10 or 15 game stretch. So well, maybe then, maybe I, I that would, was the analysis at the beginning of the season, but it doesn't doesn't seem doesn't seem consistent with what we've seen from the team. No. Well, I you know, you mentioned Morlanis, but I mean, he's been hurt what four different times this year. I mean, I, I don't think I can really get mad at anybody at the club for him not getting minutes when the guy can't stay healthy. I mean, I mean, he's been, I, I'm looking at this, this now. He missed 29 days from August and September for knee problems. That's, and then, um, and then morning, and then he came back for a few, for literally a few days and had more knee problem, had another knee problem. He's the ankle first thing in January. And then he's apparently had some kind of arch thing going on in his foot since February, the beginning of February. I mean, I, that's nobody's fault. I mean, that, that there, there's, Either he's, either he's fit or he's not. And I don't really, I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm not seeing, yeah. I'm not seeing a ton of examples of saying, 
well, why in the world are we playing all these old guard guys when so and so sitting right there? I'm just, I'm not, I'm not seeing a ton. Well, but I think the problem then is it's not even that. Why are we not playing the old guys? It's like why are we not even playing the guys who aren't the starting eleven? Right. If you're going to have a Funes Mori on the team making what I'm sure is decent money, what the heck's the point if he never plays? Yeah. Like if he's if he's not good enough, well, he's not good enough. He shouldn't be your third center back at the most important position on the field. Your top backup is a guy you don't trust. What what's what's the point of having him? Well, how and much how much do you have to, to rotate when you're playing once a week though? Well, but I mean, the when, point when you is, only... is when you when you need him, he was terrible because he's not playing. So you have to rotate for the purposes well, of making sure people are ready when you need. Trust me, as someone who's written about Everton for the last three years, he was not terrible because he wasn't playing. He's just terrible because he's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but but I mean. In, yeah. you know, in, in fairness, that the, the point of a manager is you're supposed to be able to sort of be in enough contact with your players. I think that was my point also about the bench. We get okay. we get literally nothing when we substitute players, and I think yeah. it's because those guys have no confidence. Well, okay, but let me. I mean, we're we're kind of ignoring what I think is the elephant in the room too, which is that at the start, you know, after last season. We said um, we need to have a director of football. We need somebody who's going to be a, you know, a front office guy who's going to really do the job and, you know, control signings and, and develop a plan. And I remember Senor Lizarraga in the local paper said, oh, yeah, this is, this is, this is something that Virial is going to do. Well, it hasn't happened. You know, we don't have, as far as I can tell, um, unless it's um, Senior Roy's, um son, we we don't. But we don't have anybody who's who's got the sort of autonomy to go out and and really develop a plan and then put it into action. And so it feels to me like whether we're talking about well, the fact that they're not that they're not playing because there's no confidence, or they're not playing because they're not good enough. The point is, there's not there's no plan here. I mean, if, if we're just, you know, if, if Toko Ikambi ends up coming back to us, then then we've got, what, five strikers? I mean, what what is the point? <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that we, it, it, I can't believe that the way we've managed our roster in the last couple of years has been that bizarre. And we, and, you know, we've had players like um, Cherishev that had these, had these contracts that they could, could essentially buy themselves out of or demand to be sold at a, at a small, um, uh, fee. And it just, that's the thing that really bothers me is I can't tell who's in charge. And that's not necessarily the manager's fault. But anyway. Indeed. Back over. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So where, where, if if you had to look at the situation, Alan, the the ultimate question is sort of where where do you where do you lay lay any blame as between say the manager the term him the general manager if you are Roig Negarolis and sort of the the ultimate board where 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 do you see the power balance lying? I think the real question is 
will is Zach's analysis right that Kaeha is going to be able to get himself another season? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I see it as <coughs> I think I really see the problem as more it's more front office to me because I think if you had a I think Kaeha would be a better coach with a better roster and and I think that's I don't think that's a lot of the things we've identified are are shortcomings of his but I but I also think that fundamentally when you look at the at the Villarreal roster the last two years it hasn't really made a lot of sense and it still doesn't and if we if we don't make Europe it's is it going to be because of Kaleha or is it going to be because we didn't have a good third or fourth center back and a number six? I mean, I tend to think the, the latter. I, I, you know what, man? To me, if we're going to sit here and we're going to say that <clears throat> Villarreal is one of the top four or five most talented teams in the league, and I think they are, I, you know, teams have holes, teams have flaws. You know, a, a, every Every roster on earth has flaws. It's the, it's the manager's job to cover those things up. And to me, we're sitting in what eighth place. It's been so long since we've Uh, done the match. I haven't even looked at the table. We're sitting. Yeah. Eighth. Yeah. So we're sitting, we're, we're sitting in eighth and seventh realistically isn't going to be a, uh, Europa League spot here. So, I, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're seven points adrift from what's realistically going to be a, a, a Europa League spot unless, unless Real Sociedad beats Athletic Club in the, uh, in the Copa del Rey final, whatever they play that. So yeah. I, I just, to me, a team that's as talented as this one is, there's no, even if the roster's flawed, even if the recruitment process needs to be refined and we need a director of football, a good manager would have this team, would have this roster in Europe. I truly believe that. Yeah, I don't, I, I hear that. I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I, I do want to pick, pick one more with you though. Zach, go ahead, Alan. But I had no, that's fine. Thing from the last pod. No, I, I did want to say, because and this goes back to the whole expectations and level setting. This is the Villarreal Twitter uh, ongoing discussion for years and decades and at some point centuries, undoubtedly. If you spend the sixth most in the league, should you be the sixth place team? Is that the norm to be expecting? Um, does it matter what your history is, etc.? And again, I, I hear you, and I won't say I disagree with you at all, Zach, in terms of talent. But if you're looking at the teams ahead of VRL, I'm going to take Hetafe out because Hetafe is the Bordelas miracle of this season. And frankly, actually, I think if you look at their talent, and I think if you look at generally the way they play other than the number of fouls they commit, they actually are, I think, better than what people give credit, uh, give them credit for in terms of the actual product on the field. But let, let's put them aside because I, I think you could say over the course of time, Villarreal has, has proven a better club. Are you really saying, Zach, you think that 
this year's Villarreal is better than Valencia, is better than La Real, is and any of those teams that are ahead of us. Uh, Valencia and Sevilla, yes. Uh, so the, Sevilla has Sevilla has a better manager than we do. Um, I'm not. I don't think Lopetegui is a genius, but he's a better manager than what we have. Um, I, I think we're more talented than Sevilla, and I think we're more talented than Valencia. Absolutely. Don't you think though they have a better system, a better infrastructure, a better sort of ability that they're actually promoting their youth, like Valencia I, and that, that like they've both been doing? Well, hold on though. I mean, look. Valencia literally had their their manager and owner got into a hissy fit with each other at like right when the season started. Like there's deep rooted dysfunction in that club. They're not they, they've got a lot of players on there that really aren't that, that talented and they're ahead of us at the table. It's ridiculous. I, I mean I, I mean seriously. What, what, I I just yeah, you I, know, if, Mar- if Marcelino was still coaching there, if Marcelino was still coaching there, okay, fine, different story because he's a fantastic manager. But th- this club, I-, I don't think, I-, I-, I don't think that Solidus is a great manager. I don't think they're all that talented. I think their their depth, especially, has some serious flaws in it. We should be ahead of that team on the table. Yeah, I. I- tend to agree. I, when I look at the teams ahead of us, I think I think we um, ought to be ahead of Valencia. I think we ought to be ahead of Sevilla. I think I think that the teams I've been most impressed with are Real Sociedad and, and Hatafe, actually. I think those two have, have really impressed me. I, I agree with Sid. I think Hatafe are actually better than the, than the press they get. Um, but I think I'm looking at Virial and thinking they're kind of similar. I know I've said this before, but, you know, L'Oreal missed out on Europe a couple of years where they, they had a, a team where if you look talent-wise, you would have said, oh, this is one of the best six or seven teams in the league, but the coaching wasn't there. And I think what worries me is that that's what we're going to say at the end of this year. We're going to finish, you know, assuming we play again, we're going to finish eighth or ninth, and we're going to say, well, we were a better team than Valencia and Sevilla and Atletico Madrid, maybe or whatever. But we, but we, um, we just didn't get it done. And so, to me, it's like I guess I'm kind of being the the more I think about it, I'm I'm kind of more wanting a clean brush here. And just saying, okay, fine, you know, bring in a director of football and bring in a new coach if that's what you what you think you need to do. But if you're if you're sending the six most money in the league, I think that I think it's I think it's fair to expect you're going to be in Europa League at least most seasons. But I also think it's fair to expect that the trajectory is going to be positive. And I think right now that's what concerns us. As you look at last year, and we really struggled to stay up this year. We're not doing anything that we compared to the talent on the roster. Well, I, I'd also say about Hitafe, just Hitafe has mid-level talent, but they are probably, they probably have the second best manager in the league right now. So I, you know, and I think they're a perfect example. I mean, I think, you know, I, we, there are there are all kinds of talent deficits in, uh, at, at Hitafe, but they have an incredibly bright person managing the team, and it makes all the difference in the world. 
And, you know, we don't have a manager that brings value added. We have a manager that more or less, you know, more or less keeps things afloat, keeps them from capsizing, but isn't really moving us in any one direction. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think the, I think the real issue, though, I, I think it's twofold. I think, we, I think there's a lack of direction from the front office too. And that's, because I think you can't look at, and you can't look at the way our roster has been created and the, and the way that we've ended up, um, with Baca, who's our, maybe our highest paid player, or at least one of them. I think he is. I think he is, right? I mean, he, he has nothing to do. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, how did this get planned? But I mean, two things can be true. Like we can both need to revise things in our front office and still say that, yeah, but we should still be in Europe right now, and we're not. I think both those things can be true simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So I have I have my hot take, which is I think Valencia is actually a better team than we are. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that for another time because that's a whole other discussion. But maybe I think I think we can sum up what we're all saying here is to say a team like Hitafe is they're they're more than their parts. Yeah. We are probably less than our parts. And yeah. there's some some element of front office, some element probably of the board, and being a little bit too sort of you know, maybe and, and I hate to use this word because this is this is the accusation that's always there, but maybe a little bit too complacent with the okay, you should be happy that we're we're staying up and able to be be in the league year over year, um, and that of course is an accusation of of some of the fan base as well that mm-hmm. maybe not not setting heights or or pushing for um, what you know the sixth. The, the sixth highest budget should be. Um, and yeah. then certainly I think everyone can agree about the manager. Yeah, I think the, I think the thing I would say is complacency is, is a good thing because I, is a good way to put it because I think the, I think the feeling of, that I have is that you've actually, when you look at this team, you've had a couple of real positive developments that you could never have expected, right? You, I mean, we, we signed Santi last year and, you know, who knows how many minutes he could have played for us, right? He, what if he played 300 minutes the whole year? We, we wouldn't, we didn't. Z- zero, zero was also not yeah. impossible, right? We, we didn't know, right? We didn't know. We bring up Pau Torres, um, you know, I mean, we sent him on loan last year, but we, you know, talk about a Cantera star. I mean, here is one. And we bring him up and he, and he just, you know, meshes right into the first team very well. So, you know, there's no way that we could have figured either one of those two things would have happened. And yet we're still floundering around where we are. So I think, you know, the complacency, I mean, it's hard to say that a team that went out and signed Paco, um, in the January window was being complacent, but that's just it. That's but, just it. But is it what we needed? You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a, it was a Galactico signing. But you sort of the 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 marginal effect of improving at striker there was, you know, 
compared to what we could have done if we had gotten a pivot or a third center back in the team. Yeah. Was was that where the money should have been spent? I think right. that that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I think the, the thing, you know, again, as, as we've all talked about, I mean, the fact that we're we don't really know what what is going on behind the scenes at Virial. We don't know a lot about about that because the club does a really good job keeping things to itself, and it's in a small town where people you're not going to find a lot of people, you know, trying to do. It's not like an EPL team where you got all these people trying to get scoops and things. So we don't know what's going on, but the fact that, the fact that in the summer there was this idea that we were going to revamp the front office and then apparently nothing has happened, that, that suggests more institutional issues than I would like to hope we had at this point. Zach, any last thoughts? No, um, I just, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things to see, to see this team and to see this team not in European places when there are teams that are just so much less likable that are really frustrates. And, and I'm just, you know, and, and I think that, I think that combined with uh, not getting to watch, you know, current new football that I don't know the score to has made me like extra cranky about the whole situation. I'm just, I don't know. I, 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 if y'all, if, if y'all's proposal was, hey, let's just fire everybody, I'd be like, okay, sure, that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that was about what I was getting to, and I think, and I think it's probably for the same reason because we're also frustrated at, at you know, lack of. Lack of real football. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here watching FIFA 20 things on YouTube. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's, you know, we probably are being overly, um, difficult tonight, but, you know, I think we're all frustrated at all sorts of things. Any yeah, last yeah. words? No, well, I, I will, will agree with you on the lack of likability. The last thing I was going to say, Alan, is I, I think, that that's still the feeling. Frustration is a good word. I just yeah. I'm I'm frustrated because I, I would love to at least be able to say, okay, we're not gonna finish in Europe. But man, these two or three guys, they got a lot of minutes. They're gonna become important players in the team in a year or two. Yeah. Or you know, man, we, we know that there's this big hole in this position. And it's not that we're gonna have to clear out two or three salaries to be able to buy something. Like this is the need. If we fix this or these two things, then we know we're in a better place. Like, what's the situation at left back next year? We have no idea. Is Jaume Costa coming back? Will Alberto Moreno play three games in the stretch without getting hurt? What no. happened to Quintia? Is Mario going to play left back because Mario is the only wing back that we've been able to keep in the past five seasons? You're just left with so many questions like that. And you're like, man, I just wish <laughs> we'd brought some 19-year-old and played him for five games at left back and said, I don't care what happens. Like, let him get skinned and learn it because at least that'll be some development. Um, 
So that's sort of my, my global feeling on this is even if you go through this season, you haven't answered any of the questions you had 12 months ago about the squad. So yeah. with that, uh, maybe we should, we should leave it a wrap, but, uh, yeah. I think so, but it, it's been, uh, it's been a good discussion and I think we probably could, could have another one, uh, in before too long because we certainly aren't going to have any more matches for a while. So anyway, this is Alan for, for a frustrated Zach. I'm sorry, a frustrated Alan for a frustrated Zach and a frustrated Sid. End of Mount Thank you for listening. <laughs>